Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share this video or podcast on any platform that you're listening on. Please visit us at www.dumbideapodcast.com. All right, welcome back to another episode. Um, a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, we talked about you know the the latest trend, changing your Facebook profile, uh, always being about or being on the righteous end of whatever's currently happening. Um, while we're talking about that, uh, let's the the current thing now, as we're talking, uh, and this will go out next week. Uh, the school shooting in Texas in Uvalde, or Uvalde, I don't even know how to say it, right? Uvalde. Uvalde. Um, anyone who doesn't know, uh, 18-year-old boy, or I guess at that point you call him a man, um, went to an elementary school, got in, shot 19 people, or killed 19 people? No, I think it's 21, 19, 19 children, two adults. Two adults, okay. So another uh, another school shooting... And of course, the you know all the Facebook posts come out, you know, and some are the thoughts and prayers people, mm-hmm. and the other ones are all right. Thoughts and prayers aren't working. Time to take the guns away. Mm-hmm. Other people are thoughts and prayers aren't working. Time for more mental health. Uh, mental health needs to be addressed. And then you've got the uh, the people who are talking about other rational aspects. Cause I yeah. think at this point, I don't, I don't see the second amendment going away. No. And, and, and I don't think, and I, th- I think I've said it before where, you know, we could make private ownership of firearms illegal right now. And it will not affect homicides one bit through tonight and into tomorrow morning. It'll be the same numbers. Um, I think what people fail to realize is that there are uh, the latest numbers I'm hearing. It's a hundred million gun owners with 400 million guns in this country. That's everything. That's everything from, you know, an old, you know, over under shotgun to a, uh, you know, to the most tricked out, um, semi-auto rifle you could, you could buy. But, uh, there's a lot out there. So, like everything else that that we tend to debate in this country, everything becomes a zero-sum game, this or that. And I think because there are two sides that that they can rally up their bases around doing that, when in actuality, some of these solutions are more complicated. They're more, um, they're, you know, there, there, there are so many factors coming into play that by simply saying, you know, ban private ownership of, of, of guns. It's not gonna it's not gonna affect it. There's more to it than just these simple um, binary one off right uh, solutions. Well and so two two arguments I've heard and one is a renewed one was well why does anyone need it why does anyone need an assault rifle? Mm. Or why does anyone need high capacity mags? And my retort to that is who needs a car? Right, you can walk everywhere. Correct. There's a lot of things we don't need in life. 
but we're allowed to have them. This is a free and open society, or supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, who needs a podcast? We certainly don't. But guess what? We got one, right? <laughs> yeah. You know? um, Some people would probably say we shouldn't have one. Right, yeah. The, the, a majority of people who don't listen to us would say that, yes. Um, uh, and, and with the high-capacity magazine, I mean, it, the argument was, well, who needs that? Who needs that? No, okay. Just because it's not a need in life doesn't mean someone shouldn't have it. And the thing with this thing, you're talking about guns in general, is you're you're talking about something that's written in as something as the law of the land. Mm-hmm. The Second Amendment was put in there. And another argument made to me was, well, who do we need to pro- who who do the people need to protect themselves against? <laughs> and so, and I said, okay. Because they were like, well, they're not, nobody, no governments are coming down on the people. I was like, well, wait a minute, hold on now. You just had a government who tried to mandate vaccines on your body. Mm -hmm. And then four or five months later, as soon as a possible Supreme Court decision came out about, you know, overturning Roe v. Wade, then the same people that were saying everyone should be vaxxed and we want the government to mandate it, all of a sudden said, Hands off my body. Right, again. Right. It was right back to my body, my choice. Correct. So I guess my point with that was it was, you know, you're not going to get that both ways. You're just not. Right. And again, because this is something codified in the Second Amendment, you're going to have a really, really hard time, especially when there are some really ardent supporters. This isn't something where it's like 75% are against gun ownership and 25% of the population is for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I, I, this is right down, I would say, I'd say you're probably 60% for, 40% against gun ownership in this country. And that's you're not going to overturn it that way. Yeah, it's, and, it's not going to come. And the thing is, like, I look at rights as, um, first of all, th- the rights weren't given to us mm-hmm. and a lot of people make the mistake and, and joe biden said it yesterday the second amendment's not absolute uh the second Amendment, it's as it's as absolute as all the other ones are and they weren't written there as gifts from the government to the people the bill of rights was written to protect the people from the government correct that's so let's not get that and i think we get that a lot we get that twisted a lot um and never when the government takes power, does it ever give it back? Look at um, the Patriot Act. It's still going. Mm-hmm. It's still there. Um, it's used more against American citizens than it is anybody else. And so People don't remember Edward, what Edward Snowden told everyone in his interview. The government can literally turn on the microphone and video camera on your phone without you knowing mm-hmm. and have done that. And this was a guy who was an operator within the program. Yeah. Telling you, hey, they do this to you. Now, is it us? No. Because we're not doing anything. You know, but f- for the one or you know, for the person who write who says bomb on an airplane, you know, the quote uh meet the fuckers. Yeah. Right? I'm gonna say bomb, 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 bomb. <laughs> yeah. And of course <laughs> gets taken off the plane yeah. and Jack goes in there and well, it look, we're, we're still taking our shoes off. We're still standing in a machine that that subjects you to God knows what. Listen, that um, machine, by the way, that sees a lot more than that the X-ray one you walk through. Yeah, the one where you put your hands up. 
and, and you kind of do the the uh, mm-hmm. Homo sapien position. Yeah, and it it go it whirs around you. I mean, yeah. not that it's looking; it can see contours and everything yeah. of your body. And uh, and you know, it's funny because a friend of mine, uh, her dad, retired from the feds and works to take um, to test it the, the system, and they get they get stuff through all the time. So, you know what what's the what's the but it's still everyone's subjected to that inconveniently. Oh, but it's for safety. Okay, um, it you know. Some wacko tried to blow an airplane up with a shoe. Now we, twenty years later, we're still taking our shoes off. We're standing in those machines in those lines, um, and then TSA is bragging about how many drugs they get off of people. Hmm. That's not your mandate, right? You're, that's not your job. You know, that's you know to justify your own existence. Now you're going to go and brag about oh we we got so many drugs off of people. Last time I checked, <laughs> a drug never blew up an airplane, right? Um, you know, but they they keep going with that. But I look at rights as, you know, when they take one away or when they try to take one away, well, then what's to stop them for the next one? And I think we've seen now with, with the, the now, I guess, it's been suspended, but pending further review, the, the, the misinformation governance board or whatever the hell nonsense that was going to be. But well, um, she got taken down. Or yeah, the lady. Yeah, because because she spread. Yeah. It was funny. the 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 person in charge of policing disinformation was spreading the disinformation. Yeah, like, and, like, and then you you listen to the White House press secretary stand up there and say, "Well, it's because the other side was 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 attacking." You know, that's always the Republicans pounce. Mm-hmm. Um, was attacking the this person unfairly it's like wait the disinformation board was taken down by disinformation is that what you're telling me because that's what it sounds like i think peter ducey kind of put it that way they had no answer of course but um and all they did was just bring up her past tweets yeah i mean don't get me wrong they're probably some jerks that harassed a little bit yeah and i'm not saying that's a good thing i don't advocate for that but the thing that got her in trouble was they brought they brought up her past tweets and that's a really just, weird just, Broadway song she was singing about. Oh, she, she was, she was like, if, I think if they would have let her keep going, she was going to turn into what Stephen Colbert was with the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Which was just creepy propaganda. Just weird, yeah. Like, wow, dude. Like, I, I was talking with someone the other day about that. Like, Stephen Colbert, when he was on The, the Daily Show with Jon Stewart, is like the correspondent, like the, yeah. the fake correspondent. Like, yeah. He was so good in that. Like, yeah. That, like, that show was funny. And now to see what he is and all these other late night hosts, oh, they're just shills. They're just hacks. It's crazy to yeah. me, though. I, I don't understand. I mean, don't get me wrong. I guess you know, uh, you know a couple what twenty million dollars a year will do that to you. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't understand. Like they do these interviews with people, and part of me thinks they sincerely believe what they're saying. Like they just got the. Like they got brainwashed. Yeah, they're the true believers. It's, like, it, it's crazy to me, though. It, they're the person I saw got stuck behind driving home um, from work today who was doing uh, 65 miles an hour in the left lane in a Honda Fit. Oh, and um, when they finally moved out of my way, I passed, and she's driving the Honda Fit by herself with a mask on. So it's the, 
It's the true believers. Well, part of her defense, there. the Honda Fit, I don't think can go any faster than <laughs> 65 miles it's, an hour. The, the left lane, though, was completely her choice. Right, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very the true. left lane was all her doing. Uh, all she had to do was stay in the right. Yeah. Um, and the mask doesn't bother me at all, but I, when I passed, I was like, oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. But, well, um, you know, it, she, was in, she was in someone's breath wig from another car. Yeah. You know, <laughs> somehow it went through double pane glass windows and through her... <laughs> Air cat or cabin air filter, air HEPA filter. Yes. <laughs> well, that's a, wouldn't that be funny? She's wearing like the paper mask, but can't be bothered to change the air filter. Her cabin right. air filter. Yeah. Like, Jiffy Lube told her that needed right. to be changed. Well, no, no, they only do the engine air filter. They okay. won't do the cabin. The yeah. See, there's two. What you know the funny and that's the other weird thing. It's like for all the if we have listeners that wear the mask in the car by themselves. Like, hey, look, they, they kind of make one for the car called the cabin air filter. Yeah. You can just go to the dealership. If you don't know how to change it, go to the dealership, ask for them to swap out your cabin air filter. It's going to do a better job than that mask on your face. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to wear the mask anymore. Right. It's like, hey, I just solved the problem for you. Yeah. It was like 100 degrees today. And I just like, oh, it was all that. Yeah, it was warm. But, um, um, yeah, I think that we, we get far too simplistic. And, and I think it's just because, I hate to say it, but it's true. You have some of this, you know, that through the 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 fake tears, they're they just use it at, to push their their agenda, and you know these these families haven't finished the grieving process yet. They haven't even begun to compute what's going on, and now you're using them as as a reason to push your agenda. Um, Speaking about that, and I'm not saying Abbott was doing the right thing by having a press conference at Uvalde or Uvalde. But then Beto O'Rourke goes in and storms it. It was was grand. It was grandstanding for both of them. It's like, dude, no one cares what the, if kids are getting shot up at a local school, no one cares if the governor's there or not. Yeah. Stay away. You're bringing a circus with you. And then, and then you had Beto come in and that just was like another act of the circus. And then, you had that dude on the walker that stood up was like, get the hell out of here, you sick piece of crap. And I'm like, you get it. I'm like, what are you going to do, dude? Throw the walker at him? You're going to fall down. <laughs> but, you know, it's just there's no need for it. And, you know, then you hear, well, now we need common sense this. Well, first of all, let's let's actually enforce the laws that are on the books, number one. Um, let's not send people who are murderers home on, on home monitoring. Right. You know, that's probably something we should look at. And then maybe come up with a, a comprehensive solution. And I'm not that much of a two-way zealot to, to go and say, oh, that everything's fine. Nothing needs to change. Um, for the life of me, I, you know, the, the, in most states, including Maryland, well, Maryland is for the heavy barrel version, but AR-15 is cash and carry. You know, it's and well, maybe we can make that a regulated firearm. Then is it not registered though? No. So, okay. So in Maryland, if I like, so let's go here just because that's where we are. If I bought a heavy barrel AR platform rifle, regardless of whether it was in five five six or three oh eight, I bought it. I could just sell it to you for cash. Like here you go. You want to buy my rifle? Or oh, I don't want this anymore. Here you go. You can have it. That nothing needs to be done. Which is weird because handguns are heavily regulated. Right, because a hand yeah, so a handgun is a regulated uh firearm. Now, 
the AR that I built is actually an AR pistol. So that lower is registered as a pistol. Mm-hmm. So for me to sell that one, I would have to, we'd have to go to a FFL. I don't have a problem treating those weapons as regulated firearms. Yeah. Um, Why aren't they though? That's that's strange to me because, I mean, I guess because a handgun is more concealable. I mean, I, I really don't know the reasoning why. Like, well, there's just you know because nothing they do makes sense, right? Um, and the other thing is, criminals don't care. Criminals well, don't. A, yeah, care. that's a different. That's a different topic so, too, right? Yeah. So like the kid who wants to do this, and let's the first one, the first big one, Columbine, happened during the assault weapons ban. Right. So that was the assault weapons ban expired in nineteen in in two thousand four. The um, the uh, Columbine was 96 or 97. I think it was 97. Um, but, you know, that was a... Th- those weren't... Those were just, you know... They, they weren't regulated firearms. They, they, you know, they yeah. were... They weren't AR-15s. And for those of you that don't know this, AR does not stand for assault rifle. <laughs> it means Armalite rifle. But, you know... The, but there's such, such weird things with the law. So, like, the one I built is a pistol. It has an arm brace on the that covers a buffer that's on the buffer tube. If I replace that arm brace with uh, like an M4A2 style adjustable stock, just from that cosmetic change, that weapon stops being a pistol, becomes what they call an SBR, a short barrel rifle, and is a felony to possess without a tax stamp. It's just cosmetics. It makes no sense. Right. Um, so like there's some just quirks in there that can be addressed uh, the one th- and and like I said, as as much of a second A supporter as I am, I wouldn't have a problem raising the age to purchase to twenty one. That's why I'm not again, I'm not for that. Making it now. Here's the thing, though: if you want to go buy a Glock nineteen, you have to be twenty one. You can't buy that at eighteen. Hang on. Yep. In so, the state of Maryland, you can't buy that. Nope. See, some of the stuff doesn't make sense to me. Right. So you can't buy it. That's federal. You can't buy it anywhere. At mm. under 21. So, but you can go buy the AR-15. Right. Now, if we're going to say, but my thing is like, okay, if you can't buy a handgun until you're 21, you can't buy a pack of cigarettes until you're 21, you can't buy alcohol until you're 21, just make 21 the age of adulthood. So, here, here and here's my issue with that. <clears throat> if a child, or if a, if a person the age of 18... Is eligible to be drafted and sent to war. Mm-hmm. I'm not in favor of 21 being the legal age to do anything. No, me neither. Um, but let's make I, it all. I'm 21. saying 18 should be. Yeah. Um, or raise it, raise draft to. If you raise draft to 21, right? Then I'm like, cool with making everything else 21. That's what I'm saying. But my thing is, like, look, you're not going to be eligible for the government to send you off to war, and ineligible to have an alcoholic drink, right? Or or whatever, or only and, and here's and here's you know here's the other thing where I where I agree with you there is, so you can't buy, so I guess they switch from the from the Beretta to something else, but I was going to use the Beretta, so the the military designation is M nine, the civilian ninety two FS, so you're eighteen years old, you can't buy a Beretta ninety two FS, it's a regulated firearm, you have to be twenty one to buy it, but I can draft you. And then send you off to war with one, and, well, a fully automatic gun. Yeah, 
Like, you can't buy a fully automatic gun here. Nobody can. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, you can. You, you buy a set. Well, you, you have to. It's expensive and yeah. time-consuming. And with the cost of ammunition, who wants to go and do that? Correct. But, I mean, it, that's, for me, the going to, uh, the, the being eligible to go to war, and for people to say, well, we haven't had a draft in, well, it's only been about 40 years. Yeah. Vietnam was the last draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's a great book. Uh, it's called um, McNamara's Morons. Mm-hmm. Check it out. It 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 shows how they to boost the numbers. They went and let all all kinds of people who were probably shouldn't have been able to be drafted to do anything to yeah. be drafted and sent off to to die. Right. So yeah, my I, I guess my issue with if. If the government can send you to go to war against your will at 18, then or basically if, if they can send you off to die, well, I should at least be able to have a beer first. Yeah. Smoke a cigarette. Smoke, or smoke cigarettes. You can't do either one of those. Or I can go shoot a gun. Yeah. Because you're going to go send me to shoot guns anyway. Yeah. You know, it, it, to me, it's it, if you're, it, it's kind of like you're taking a young person's choice away. From having to go go to war, but you're you're just not you're not going to allow them to have some basic liberties to do other stuff. And you know, I, look, am I a hundred percent in that camp? No, I'm not a hundred percent in any of these camps. But yeah, me neither. Um, but the one thing I do know is common sense red resolution to this or at least tightening of some of these things isn't on anybody's mind no you have one side that's just saying take away all the guns and you have another side saying yeah you're gonna take it from my dead cold hands yeah um and no one no one's talking about other issues yeah for example access control to these schools Mm -hmm. how did this kid even get in the school yeah so like once the kids go in at least at our at our elementary school, where our kids go, after school starts, all doors are closed, mm-hmm. and access can only be in, in and out only through one of the door sets. Yeah. And and those are by the way, those are steel doors, and then there's a second set of steel doors. So yeah. you can once you get in, and you so you have to buzz in. They have to look at you. Yeah, they ask you what your business is. Mm-hmm. If they think that you have business to be there, they let you in the first set of doors. Yeah. Then you have to go into the office. Yep. They don't. They don't unlock the second set. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a man. It's a. It's a man trap. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that's a very simple, relatively inexpensive thing to do is to install those. Have single point of entry. Um, now our kids' school, they go in the, a different set of doors, but. You know, there's tons of people there. You know, parents. There's there's all kinds of but, and yeah. But so, but once school starts, yeah, though. you aren't getting in. Like, I can't go knock on some random door, right? Um, and get in. Um, so uh, unless someone, a teacher, lets you in, because we, the school, and this is throughout our county, there are doors directly into classrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was from a different time when, um. They allowed for multiple. Like you could go directly into the classroom, yeah. or you could release the kids directly out of the classroom, yeah. um, so the kids didn't have to walk through the school and all this stuff. But since then, though, they, those doors are supposed to be shut and they're locked. 
Um, but it, it, my wife is someone who works in the schools. And even she says, well, like if the air conditioning's broken or not working right, some of the teachers open the door to let air in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, they need to be told they can't do that. Yeah. yeah there's there. If you control access, for the most part, you can control this problem almost. I mean, that will there be a couple breakthroughs? I mean, can someone go in? If the if the only way they can go into the school is go through the office and now through another door into the main part of the building, I mean, could they kill everyone in the office and then go in? Sure. Yeah. But deterrent is a big thing. You know, if, if people think that, look, I might not even get through the first door. Well, it's it it all out. It, it all comes down to target hardening, mm-hmm. and if you can harden that target, you know, m- most all crime in general is just opportunity sure and you've got if you remove the opportunity or you increase the risk you d- you can deter the crime mm-hmm. so you know the risk is getting caught and then the opportunity is the victim or if it's property crime the property being unattended with a suspect there in the same time so if you can remove one of those things mm. or increase the risk of getting caught, yeah. then you will then um, reduce or deter that crime from occurring. Now you're never going to deter the determined adversary. No. You could, you could lock that place down like Fort Knox. And if someone desperately wants to get in there, they will. But, there, um, but there's other things you can do once they get in. So then like you said, target hardening. Okay. Once you get in the, in the building, and there was a news report, and it's basically for $400,000 per school. And mm-hmm. it sounds expensive, but think about how big some of these school budgets are. Yeah. And you could do you could do a, a couple schools a year, and it, you're not doing them all at once. But essentially, it's a system where once any of the teachers hears gunfire, mm-hmm. all they have to do is press one button. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they, and there's a school that has it already. They wear these like dongles around their neck. It's like mm-hmm. a, it's like a necklace almost that hangs down, and it's like almost like a car key fob. And if they or like, he- I fall and I can't get up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, <laughs> yeah. It, it's all it's very much like that. Once the button is pressed, all it, a signal goes to to uh, the main office, mm-hmm. who then knows is alerted to look on the cameras, mm-hmm. and then they can from that office they can press another button and lock every single classroom door. Yeah. And the alarm goes off, and it's mm-hmm. a really loud alarm in the hallways. The teachers then, all the teachers then know, okay, inside my classroom, there's, they had a, a line of red tape on the floor. Mm-hmm. The line of red tape was the line of sight from the door, the window on the door mm-hmm. into the hallway. Yeah. So, and it was big enough, like there was a space big enough to put all of the kids behind that red line. Mm-hmm. So now, the shooter can't even shoot through the window and hit anybody. Yeah, because he doesn't have any. He doesn't have a line to shoot anybody. Yep. So first, first, you know, the first sign of something going wrong, teacher hits a button, goes to it goes to the office. The office then hits a button, locks all the doors down. Te- sirens go off. Teachers know to get their kids to safety, and also the police department is notified. Yeah. And then, and I w- I'm not sure if I agree with this part of it. Um. Uh. Uh, smoke goes off. 
Yes, yeah, and, and it's, it's to kind of blind the intruder. The problem is, smoke also blinds the police. police who respond. Yeah, and that's why I'm not sure if I'm on board yeah. with it or not. But my thing is, for four hundred thousand dollars, you've you've almost I don't know the exact percentage of how much Stafer used made everybody, but it's a pretty significant amount. If the yeah. shooter can, if the shooter gets in and now can't go into any classroom and shoot kids, mm-hmm. it's that much safer. Yeah, and you know? and you know you you have another. So I remember when I was in in high school i was in the band and we'd play a concert at night but the school pretty much to deter if someone broke into the school at night from getting all over the place had these big gates that would come down or across the hallways and they'd lock them so we'd be in there and we'd be able to get from the band room to the auditorium and then parents and people coming to see the concert could get in to see the and you, you'd have access to bathroom stuff, but pretty much all the guts of the school were locked down behind these behind these gates. Yep, we had those two, and Fayview automated those almost like fire doors. Right, and you then what you could do is you could contain the shooter, you trap him in there into yeah. one into one area. So you know if you have okay, he's in this area, lock it down now. You know, may you have students and staff that are still in that area but if they're behind their classroom doors at least this guy isn't mobile throughout the whole school right you know and that's a you want him contained not just being able to waltz freely from wherever he wants to go right um you know and i think that we also need to invest more in because people say oh well, we don't want to traumatize the kids well better i'd rather be better. traumatized than be dead right yeah and you know we've we we do fire drills mm-hmm I remember we did fire drills. The last kid that died in a fire in a school was in like 1952 because they started doing fire drills after that and practicing. And you can make it fun for little kids. You know, I tell my boys when I drop them off, I say, hey, know where the exits are. Be aware of what's going around you. And I tell them the closest exit may not be the one the way you came in. Right. So know where you are. And I said, exits aren't always doors. Sometimes exits are windows. And if you have to go out a window... So then my oldest said, well, it's the second floor. And I said, well, sometimes that's better than what's on the other side of the door. Broken legs are better than being dead. Yeah. And now, granted, they're in elementary school, but still telling them, like, hey. And it's stuff we didn't have to think of mm-hmm. when we were kids, but now, you know, you, you tell them about it. Um, so it's, it's, it's training on the school side. It's training the police departments. Now, Uvalde Police has gotten a – has been crucified. And – you know, the thing is, they're getting crucified, but we still don't know exactly what, we know a timeline, but we don't know what those guys who were inside there were dealing with. So it's real easy for us to sit on the outside and say, they're cowards. And it still may be true, but let's let the whole well, I don't report think- come out and see what exactly those guys had. I've heard different versions of the story and the timelines, though, too. So it's like, I, I don't feel like anyone except for maybe the people there maybe have enough knowledge to even speak on it like i've yeah. heard i've heard the police were inside while mm-hmm. the parents were outside yelling at the police to go inside yeah or, or some whether it was C, cbp or local police i heard that there were already people inside mm-hmm. and then i heard like a police officer tased the parent now who knows the parent was probably going ballistic and maybe, maybe need to be calmed down yeah um but my thing, I, I, 
I can't comment on the response because I don't know what it was. Yeah. And that's fine. I don't need, I shouldn't know. I mean, I don't live there. Um, but going back to your point about um, the kids being traumatized, and I want to say it was last Thursday. We had some pretty rough storms here. Mm-hmm. And the school, all the schools in the area went into shelter in place mm-hmm. because it was possible tornado, yeah. right? So my my youngest, who's in first grade, you know, the, she's with all of her classmates. They're all huddled in like the back of the room, I guess. Um, and they get through the drill just fine. And then I get a, we get an, I get an email from the teacher, not me, but like all the parents in the class got a, an email from the teacher basically saying, you, know, you need to let your kids know that they need to sit there and be quiet during these drills so that I can hear what's going on. And, and, mm-hmm. and to, for the most part, I agree with that. So I talked to my daughter because my daughter's one of the chatty Cathy's in the room, right? <laughs> I mean, she, she, social butterfly, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And so my wife was talking to her. Because I talked to her, I said, hey, you know, were, were you one of the people talking? And she's like, no. I was like, are you sure? And she's like, maybe. <laughs> I said, okay, look, you can't do that. You got to be quiet. And, well, anyway, she, she then talks to my wife about it. Because my wife got the same email. She talked to her about it. And the part she didn't tell me was, apparently some of the, the other girls in her class were scared. And my daughter was speaking because she was trying to comfort them and tell them it was okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if I would have known that part, I wouldn't have even talked to my daughter. Yeah. Because if that's what she's going to do and she's just caring for some other kids, Mm -hmm. sorry, teacher, you couldn't hear above that. Yeah. But you had some scared kids. Maybe you could have comforted. I I, I don't know. I'm not really to blame it because the teacher's got to do what the teacher's got to do. Yeah. But don't, don't, it was kind of like blaming the kids, you know. If if they were just being rowdy and jumping around, but no, apparently no, she was like sitting on the ground where she was supposed to be in the place the teacher told her to, but she was comforting two other girls around her who were visibly scared. Yeah. Um. So to go back to your word about trauma, like, but I would rather have them be traumatized than dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? So my point wasn't to talk about like my te- the teacher. Or my yeah, we can my pay for some therapy but, later on. Right, right. But my <laughs> point was to, my point was to say like, look. This was just a tornado drill, mm-hmm. but because the alarms were going off and the the teachers were taking it seriously because it was a serious thing and a serious event, the kids get scared. I mean, we're talking about elementary school. The kids get scared. Yeah. They, these aren't middle schoolers and high schoolers who have a little bit more emotional wherewithal about them, although that could be debated because, you know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, I would I'd rather have them be traumatized than dead. Yeah. Um. But and and I, the, the the trauma is, is that really trauma for the kids or is it just adults um, projecting their own fears onto the kids? You know, like oh, they must be traumatized because I don't like this either. Well, nobody likes it, right? You know, but unfortunately, that's the reality in which we live today. Yeah, and and the good thing is, is that I mean, she talked to both my wife and I talked to her about it because we knew the drill was going to happen. We knew the drill happened because mm-hmm. all the parents got notified that it happened. And we talked to them about it and, you know, open, want to make sure, oh, did, did you know why? Did you? And they were fine with it. Um, But we also know that not all kids will talk about that kind of stuff with their parents because yeah. some parents, look, we already know some of the disciplines out the window with some of these parents. Like, oh. I mean, the, the, 
it was it's unbelievable like the uh the the amount of parents out there who think this everything's my kid's wonderful and great and i'm gonna let them do all these things and make their own decisions because they're humans yeah like you need to make them into good humans right not not just let them run all over you yeah because they'll end up being really crappy people Mm -hmm. later on in life if you do that yeah and by the way, thanks for that, because now I probably got to deal with your crappy kid when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. But that being said, um, um, I was going to talk about the other thing, and, and you can go back to that if you want to. After I just want to make sure I get it out there. Um, some, some of the, for me, access control would have stopped Uvalde. But law enforcement response would have stopped Sandy Hook. And that's the one everyone's comparing this to is Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. The Sandy Hook shooter was reported to the FBI three times. Yeah. And the FBI all three times said, nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently there was something to see yeah. here. Maybe someone should have... I don't. And again, I, I, I'm not trying to say the FBI is a bad place. I'm just saying whoever, whoever got put on that kid at Sandy Hook or those kids at Sandy Hook mm-hmm. didn't do the job. Yeah, well, because so that and and that's two major elementary school shootings. Yeah, that could have been avoided. One with access control, and one with just doing a proper investigation of someone who was reported three times. Yeah, and that doesn't. Neither one of those two solutions includes anything about the Second Amendment or or taking guns no. away from anybody. Well, even Buffalo, <coughs> the the top sh- supermarket shooting in Buffalo. Um, there were flags all over the place with that kid, and I mean, he wrote a, a manifesto, like a two hundred page manifesto. Yep. And you know, there's they they call them ERPOs, the Extreme Risk Protective Order, which some debate the legality of that, the constitutionality. But in any case, they exist. So they have this enforcement action in the state of New York, which has some of the strictest gun control laws in the country. And then no one bothered to enforce it. So if you have that going on, what's another yet another law going to do if it's not going to be enforced? Yeah, and, and even with the kid in, in Uvalde, the stuff, some of the stuff he was posting was crazy too. Oh, yeah. And it's like, look, I, I guess my point, and I'm not saying, look, go arrest these people for, for speaking what they want to speak about. I don't want to restrict speech. Yeah. But if they're going to put something out there and it's suspicious. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you arrest them, but at least go and investigate, and maybe more than a day. Yeah. Maybe you go visit the person a couple times. Yeah. Hey, would you, you know, the first time you go, hey, we, you know, we we saw that there were some posts online. We which won't we're, you know, they they seem to be a little bit uh, on the edge, and mm-hmm. we're we're coming to just check and make sure. Uh, you know, did you mean those things? Uh, and and of course, we're, oh no no, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. Just a joke. I, I was just kidding. I was just putting that online. Yeah. Okay, and, so, and and you what you let them go that day. Yeah, you're not arresting anybody, right? But the fact that they got a visit from the FBI or local law enforcement is going to give them some pause. And then guess what? Maybe you send someone out three three days later. Yeah, and then maybe another six days after that, two three encounters with a police officer or or the FBI or whoever is going to do that investigation might be enough for the person to say, you know what, I can't go do this. Yeah. Because I'm done. Yeah. Or, or yeah. and then you also have the the, you know that 
Okay, so if he if he doesn't own any weapons, because under the Erpo laws they can they can take them, but maybe you go and say, "Hey, uh, you just this guy, you can't buy a these the, a firearm until this is cleared up." Right. And I can tell you that you know I know a lot of FFLs, and they don't want to sell guns to people like this. No, they, they don't. They don't want to do that. Um, and you know they. It's not like there's some, because I, I think people like to believe that there are these these like unscrupulous gun dealers that'll they're like drug dealers. They just mm-hmm. sell guns. They'll just sell the they they just want to make money. And they'll sell them to whoever. But no, these guys are they don't they don't want to sell these things to to crazy people. They're going to hurt themselves or hurt somebody else with them. So there's you know, enough gun fanboys out there where they don't they don't need the one the one off sale to the yeah. random dude. Yeah, they've got they've got guys who are gun aficionados, hunters, and whoever buying guns is like hobby for some of these people. They probably don't even shoot half of the ones they have. Yeah, but they like to go and buy one. Mm -hmm. That's their vice, you know. Yeah. In fact, we got the it's the FBI calling right now. Yeah. Like, oh, (laughs) we got you. We got you guys on uh, on surveillance now. Yeah. That's that's what they were calling. Yeah. So, So. They uh, they got us. The podcast got picked so, up. <laughs> We're on someone's radar. It was just some some idiot that uh, that didn't um, silence his cell phone, so or his watch. But, but it's I mean a lot of these gun shop owners. I mean, do you think it's not? Of course, it's not great for gun sales because the next time, then especially if they live in a, in a semi liberal area, mm-hmm. they probably got twenty protesters outside the store for the next week. Yeah. Saying don't you sell? You're a murderer. You sold the guns to a murderer. Yeah, it's 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 that kind of thing. It's like the guilt by association. Even though they're a legal store owner, yeah. doing everything by the book. Yep. Um, and I think you're right though. I mean, I think there there is some room as far as the gun control compromise. I'm not saying to not sell guns. I'm not saying make guns illegal. Yeah. But there is that loop. There's there's that gun show loophole, and then there's that long rifle loophole. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think if they just regulate long rifles like they regulate handguns, I don't, I don't see there being an issue anymore. Because, um, I mean, the kid in Uvalde bought bought his guns legally. Yeah, you know, he's eighteen. He bought his guns. Yeah. Um, the the only thing that I don't think people should they kind of equate mental health to gun sales. Mm-hmm. <coughs> the problem is, is that medical records are not public. Yep. The government, police, for the most, like I think, and I think in the state of Maryland, the Maryland State Police do the background checks for gun purchases. If, I, if I'm right, um, like when I went and took the fi- the the two day course, mm-hmm. and I got my, I got my fingerprints done, my picture was taken, I got my ID card and everything like that. After I believe it was three or four days, um, like I I did it through a class at, at a gun shop. Yeah. Um, they held the class. They did the fingerprinting and all this other stuff. You don't get the license until like a week, two weeks later after the background check is done. Yeah. And they only call you if the background check doesn't pass. Right. And then the email but, says you are not disapproved, right? <laughs> which <right>. is weird. <laughs> but the, the thing that they can't check in the background check is your medical health, your medical records for mental health issues mm-hmm. or any issue. They, they, it, it, like if you have an ACL injury, they won't know. Like they'll know none of your medical history yeah. because it's protected by HIPAA laws. So I know everyone's like, well, you know, we need to do a better job with mental health. Well, 
if someone if someone isn't actively going or even, even I guess if someone is on certain medications for depression or whatever or going to therapy for whatever mental issues they have going on that being on their medical file isn't going to stop them from passing a background check for a gun yeah the only thing that's going to come up is a uh would be an involuntary commitment because that's a that's a court thing right so the that's court, the courts though that's yeah not. but if you just went and voluntarily went to a residential treatment facility and did your whatever time it is mm-hmm. there. Say you're there for a week, and then you know, then you get out. Right. Um, it's not going to stop a gun purchase. No, it won't. And you know, and my thing is, should it? Like, if you if you're feeling, you know, say you're feeling depressed, and it gets to the point where you think you're going to hurt yourself, and then you're treated, should you not? You know, say you're a big duck hunter. Yeah. Should you not be allowed to buy a shotgun to go shoot ducks? Like, does that? And I'm not in yeah. favor of that. I, yeah. I I think because there's such a wide range of mental health, and we've talked about this before. Um, yeah, even someone like someone like myself who goes through therapy, and I do take an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. Um, should I be disqualified from owning a gun? Right. And I don't know. I actually, to be honest with you, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. However, currently, I'm not disqualified from owning a gun. Right. Um. But I also, I mean, I, I guess I could say that. I mean, I, I don't believe I would do anything horrible with a gun. No, I, I mean, yeah. My my sole purpose for wanting it is to go to, like, the gun range and go, you know, shoot targets or clay pit or whatever it is. Right. You know, I, but it's also for peace of mind of having something in the home to protect myself and my family against a possible intruder one day. And, yeah. of course, everyone, you live in the suburbs. It's never going to happen to you. Yeah, well, oh, well, it does. <laughs> it does happen. It might yeah. not happen to me, but at least I, I'll be the person who's prepared in case. Well, it and does. What, what I think is funny is they say, "Well, you don't need a gun because the police will protect you." But this is the same people that are saying defund the police. So, <laughs> and like, with their private security, yeah, right. Like it's real easy for me to sit there and say, "Oh, you don't need to protect yourself." While I'm sitting in a walled combat compound with taxpayer funded armed men who are armed with automatic weapons, like it's real easy to say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have when you're in that situation, um, and then we have our our president who's you know talking about deer aren't wearing Kevlar vests, man. Like it's just the most cliched, stupid crap. If you're trying to get today, he said that uh, a nine millimeter blows the lung out of a body. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but if you're trying, you know, if if you're trying to convince somebody that your point of view is the your, your position is is valid and at least holds water and should be debated at least learn something about what you're so so much against yeah. rather than just coming out with old tired cliches um and that's what it is it, yeah it's every time it's the same talking points yeah. over and over and over again and they're not actionable items no and, None and, of and them. there's and you know there's other there are other things that can be done, yet we continue to not do it. Um, they cite a whole bunch of different reasons, cost being one of them, but we have no problem sending $40 billion to Ukraine. Right. How- sending all hundreds of millions, just printing money left and right for nonsense. I mean, they the government can't even give away money without it getting screwed up. Well, it's, com- and it's coming out now that a lot of the COVID relief money, the PPP loans... Mm-hmm. The amount of money that got just 
I don't even know the right word. Um, the corruption involved with it. Yeah. Like the the money went to no one who needed it. Right. I'm not gonna say no one. I'm sure there were like a tenth of ten percent of the money might have gone to someone who needed it. Yeah. The other eighty to ninety percent went to it was it was that old crony capitalism again. Mm-hmm. The government's buddies got it. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, or and then there's of course your waste, fraud, and abuse, which is rampant. That, that's right. I mean, yeah. more, but they, I think the official statistic was four trillion of wealth went went from the ninety nine percent to the one percent. Mm-hmm. It, it was the greatest transfer of wealth we've seen. Yeah, in over fifty years. Yeah, and it went the wrong way. Yep, and. It happened through. It happened through small business shutdowns. Mm-hmm. It happened through government programs. <clears throat> and, and look, people could say that's conspiratorial. That's where the money went. Yeah, think about how many times people didn't go to a local clothing store and started shopping on Amazon for the first time. Right now, look, I shop on Amazon a lot, but I've shopped on Amazon for ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or the local toy store like Franklin Toys down the road. How many people didn't go to Franklin Toys because yeah. it was shut down? Yeah. And bought the toy off of Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know, and the the shipping companies got rich. The online companies got rich. And, and don't think it was a coincidence that, you know, Walmart and Target just happened to get their, their online game better. Yeah. Through this thing. Oh, yeah. Um. I mean, like UPS, FedEx, they made a lot of money off of yes. this. Instacart, yeah. Uber Eats, all of them. It, they picked winners and losers. Yeah. So if people don't think that, you know, if, if people just think the government's got the best, their best interests at heart, they don't know history at all. Yeah. And 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 they're not looking behind the the curtain mm-hmm. a little bit. And it doesn't take much to do that. No, no, it doesn't. Some and of these things are just right in front of us. Yeah. And, and like, you know, as much as I am, uh, you know, in favor of having a strong military, you know, if we were to spend, so an F-22 Raptor costs $135 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's buy one less F-22. And how many schools could you upfit, retrofit, whatever, to meet the, you know, a new standard? Um Maybe when they're building these schools, they should incorporate some of these ideas into uh, into their construction initially, so that that's cost that doesn't have to be then put in later. Um, so I just did a calculation. Mm-hmm. If I use that 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 system that get that got put into that school with the deterrents and the yeah. and the locks and the buttons and all this other stuff, if it if it actually costs four hundred grand mm-hmm. with the forty billion. That we just sent over to Ukraine. If that was used to implement that system at, at local elementary schools, you mm-hmm. could have outfitted 100,000 elementary schools. Yeah. Now think about it. We sent $400 billion over there twice. Yeah. So you could have done 200,000 yeah. elementary schools. And it would have made them safe. Yeah. But instead, they're going to waste their breath on, we need to repeal the Second Amendment. Yeah. We need to take everyone's guns away. Which is never going to happen. Right. And it, that's what I'm saying. Like, rather yeah. than thinking of, of uh, ra- rather than doing something practical, for, it, with $40 billion or $80 billion if you want to count the second tranche of money that went yeah. over, and, and 
or right if you take away one raptor yeah or or whatever it is don't tell me you can't find the money yeah because you're printing it left and right and i'm sure there's a program that doesn't get used or or they could skip or, it for a year or doesn't work right or or or, <laughs> ju- or just skip it for a year yeah or or how about you know I, mean, I don't want to go too deep into teachers unions cuz i think they're corrupt as crap mm-hmm. which i'm not saying the teachers are corrupt i'm saying the teachers union yeah the unions and why are, haven't why haven't they made a big stink about this it's a, this is their membership that's being killed because it's not party line for them yeah it's not party line for no. them they 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 were trying to they everyone saw through the teachers union when they saw the what was it the memo they sent to the doj mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the doj put out like some kind of rule in place but then they got found out and they had a reverse course on yeah. it i can't remember what it was um it had to do with virginia though or something like that um god i wish i could remember but basically the memo that came out from the doj well it turned out that it was written by the nea Mm -hmm. which is the national education association they wrote the memo for the doj Mm -hmm. it's like bed they're all in bed with each other right it's, it's you know if you say you had okay so coal miners right they all used to die of black lung and through the unions and OSHA, they went and passed all kinds. Of, they have to have respirators and all this stuff. Um, they have to have, uh, you know, they have to have the, um, what do they call it? The, whatever the gas is that's that's down carbon, there. The carbon monoxide detectors. Yeah, the car, they have to have the detectors and all that other stuff down there. And that all came from pressure from the union that they put on the government to enforce these regulations. But NEA isn't isn't doing anything. They'll just get behind party line, ban all guns. Right. Which again, um, if you could wave a magic wand and do it, and all homicides were to stop, I don't think anyone would be opposed to that. Well, and then you got the, you got the other side saying, "Well, we need to arm all the teachers." Right. Okay. Look, and I get, we'll train them all how to use the guns. Okay. You know how many people like again? A lot. There are a lot of people out here who don't want to have a gun on them. And, and you didn't go like I don't want to force someone to have a gun that don't want right. a gun. Like my wife was a teacher. She didn't go to s- become a teacher to carry a firearm. And the thing is, it's more than just giving someone a gun and training them how to use it. It's a mindset. Mm-hmm. Are you going to deploy that firearm and shoot somebody? Because whatever you think is going on, um, and there are plenty of people that will just lay down and die. So you know when they could have fought back, but. To just go and give someone a weapon and say, okay, you're... Now, if you have someone that maybe is retired law enforcement or used to be combat arms in the military and they're willing to, like, hey, I have the mindset, I have the training, I'll carry, then right. I don't have a problem letting that person do so. Right. Um, I'm not against that either because I, I don't think everything has to be this zero-sum game. Right. All or none, it's, it's dumb. Like, you know, your wife might not want to carry a gun and that's fine because she doesn't have that mindset where, say, the teacher next door she was a mp in the military and has and retired you know got out got became a teacher and has no problem carrying a fire then let what's the i don't see the big deal in in your wife not carrying this other teacher carrying she got six on her already yeah 
yeah. So <laughs> she, she's already packing heat in the school. No yeah, one even knows. Yeah. No. So I, I don't see the problem with that. Um, but again, everything it's because it doesn't concretely support one. That solution doesn't support one hundred percent one side or the other. So it'll get crapped on by one side or crapped on by the other um, because it, it it's not about protecting these kids. It's about how can I rally my base? Right. How can I fundraise off of this? Yeah. Like there, uh, there were, there was a politician, I believe in Buffalo who literally fundraised off that top shooting. Mm-hmm. The, the grocery store shooting fundraised. That. Yeah. He, he raised over like $2 million. Yeah. Right after the shooting, off of the anti-gun stance. I'm like, you sick bastard. Yeah, just playing on people's emotions. And, you know, it gets, and I've been trying to, you know, get it in a little bit. <clears throat> but, you know, I think we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, like, this is a relatively recent phenomenon in the greater scheme of things. Like, you had some, you had the Texas A&M clock, I think it was A&M, or University of Texas, clock tower shooting where the guy went up into the clock tower and, um you know, uh, shot a bunch of people up there from an elevated position. Was that eighties? No, that was in the, that was in the 60, that was in the 1960s. Hmm. Dude was a, was a Marine Corps vet and, you know, lost his mind and went up and did that. But it didn't happen with the frequency that they do now. The only um, one I can remember like that though was the Las Vegas one. Yeah. So this one occurred at, I want to say it was university of Texas. He was a, he was a Marine, a Marine Corps veteran. I, he either killed his wife or got into a fight with his wife or she was leaving him. He grabs his rifle, uh, a bolt-action rifle, um, climbs this clock tower on campus and just starts shooting people mm-hmm. from uh, you know, from this elevated, very deadly elevated position, but he's a trained shooter. He knew what he was doing. Um, the police eventually went up there and took him out with like their 38s. And then after that, the police started carrying like BARs and stuff in there in their cars but um when you get to there was a time where you could buy a, a thompson submachine gun in the sears catalog yeah you know you a civilian could could own a browning automatic rifle and for anyone that's not familiar if you remember um saving private ryan that was the big that was the essentially the the machine gun the the squad what today we call the squad automatic weapon mm-hmm. so it would be like today if you could own a you know uh, uh an m249 and just carry this thing around and own it um and we didn't have it with these frequent with this thing then and you have to look and say well what is causing this and i think you can't really get around it without saying there's definitely a moral decay occurring within society there's there's a lack of values and whether it comes from the home or from church or from wherever you get it from People aren't getting it. But it, if people if people don't think that they're uh, I don't even know the right word. Polit- the, polit- basically political grandstanding. But look at which ones they politically grandstand on. Mm-hmm. If I say Parkland, mm-hmm. Columbine, Sandy Hook, and Uvalde, mm-hmm. you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. If I mention Las Vegas, the first thing that comes to your mind is not that shooter. Yeah. Texas A&M, not that shooter. Yeah. The church in South Carolina, no one remembers that kid. Yep. And I bet you probably a year from now, no one's going to remember Tops. 
What about the what about the 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 New York City subway shooting? No, yeah, no one's gonna remember that either. Yeah, or the but one you, that occurred. So, but you want to know? What the, do you, you want to know the the ones that keep getting brought up are school shootings because they're using those kids' deaths mm-hmm. as fundraising tools. Yeah, and the thing is that the the children it, it's horrific. We have little kids. I that was a fourth grade classroom. I have a fourth grader. You know, um, part, uh, Sandy Hook was a. Those were babies. Those are kindergarten. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, it's horrific. And every parent, like, can't help but think, oh, my God, what would I do in that situation? Um, so they stick that way, and they get you, these unscrupulous politicians can use it right. to then. And it's like, have some, at least wait a, a, a week or two before you start trying to take advantage of it but there's the old adage never let a good crisis go to waste well i get my point my point to that was that we've we've mentioned maybe two or three solutions to this issue mm-hmm. police response access control uh target hardening mm-hmm. uh, that's just three things yeah and we even Which, touched on some of the 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 with the extreme risk protective orders and sure. maybe changing some of the, the gun laws so that, yeah, we're going to treat the AR-15 as a regulated firearm. Sure. Or in the, in the long rifles, regulate yeah. the, and regulate the long rifles like we do handguns. Yeah. Nobody, t- nobody's talking about any of that. Yeah. No one. It's, it's take their guns, make mm-hmm. them illegal or, you know, or arm everybody. Yeah. It's like, and that's what the, none of these people are serious. All, all these people that get on TV and talk are there to disturb your emotions and get your yeah. money. Because if they were actually serious about solving the issue, they would talk about the f- the five things. Mm-hmm. We just talked about, we got five things. Yeah. One of which we just proved is affordable. Yep. Because we just sent a whole bunch of that money somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Never mind all the other foreign aid we give. Yeah. And all the other mil- money we spend on the, Don't even... The military money. No offense. I'm a huge military proponent, but we have 11 super carriers yeah the next closest country has two yeah if you put the i think if you added up what seven or eight countries together they still don't have the number of super carrier groups that we do yeah and i'm not saying you don't replace the ones we got but if you took 40 billion like we just did twice with ukraine maybe maybe you pull something out for a year mm-hmm. to get forty billion. You find it. You find the pocket change in the couch somewhere. Yeah, and you and you make these schools safer. Yeah. And and let's not kid ourselves and think that the cost we're spending on this military stuff isn't inflated. Sure, you know. And if you look at the carriers we have, like okay, so the carriers we have are suburban LTZ premiers. We could go with the LT model. It'll be fine. You know, it's got the same engine. It just doesn't have all the bells and whistles, but it, sure. it still beats whatever everybody else has. And, um, but the cost of them is just, it's, it's so inflated because the money just goes to it. I always say it's a lot easier. It's, it's easy to spend somebody else's money. Mm-hmm. It's real easy to spend other people's money. Um, but then when it comes to your own money, you're like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not well, spending that. Well, even the part where we talk about printing money, Mm-hmm. The government, the government's annual budget three, four years ago, I think it was like one point five trillion. Yeah. The last two, three years, it's been over four trillion. Yeah. They found 
three trillion dollars, two and a half trillion dollars, <laughs> just laying around <laughs> each year yeah. for the last three years. You found roughly seven trillion dollars, mm-hmm. trillion, yeah, which was used to be seven. It would have been the annual budget for seven years combined. Yeah, you're telling me you can't find enough money to to harden these schools up. Well, they've they've printed more money in the last three years than has ever existed on the on on Earth, right? And but I bring I bring yeah. it up though because that's how unserious these people are. Yeah, and why do we keep taking them seriously? They don't they don't have anyone's well they don't have a solution in mind because they don't care to. Because they tap into our emotions. Yes, that's what it is. It's it, it, words get people excited. Yeah, and it gets them to donate. It, it, it's it, and we know people on both sides that would mm-hmm. donate in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, they're ten. They'll, they'll do ten dollars a month, twenty dollars a month. I mean, and the worst part is these politicians. They brag about it because they're. They're so worried that people are going to think they're bought and paid for by politicians. They go, well, 75% of his donations were under the amount of $25. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You want to know what? I guarantee you 30% of that was a corporation doing $25 at a time, and they paid a kid $15 an hour. Just keep hitting the donate now, donate now, donate now. (laughs) So it was really one place doing a whole bunch of donations, but they kept under the $25 mark. Yeah. None of these people are serious. Not one of them. Because if they were, these problems would have, at least some of these things would have been addressed in a more serious manner. Yeah. Well before we got to Evaldi. Mm-hmm. Well before Sandy Hook. Well before Parkland. Yeah. Shoot, the kid in Parkland is still out there doing like the, the liberal political circuit, that David Hogg kid. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. You were literally trying to get rich off of this. She's grifting. Off a school... Shooting. Yeah he's, yeah, he's grifting is what he's doing. You survive, so you're going to go make some millions? Yeah. Off of it? Yep. Go get a real... Make your money doing something worthwhile. Yeah. Well, rather than... Why don't you pressure some of these... these Since you have all this influence now, use it to actually make substantive change, not just beating the get rid of guns drum. Right. And because the thing is, even if I completely agreed with you on it, not, not that's not happening. So let's go to something else. Or even if you thought it could happen. Let's say someone's still on the get rid of all the guns train. Mm-hmm. You know that's a huge uphill battle. Yeah. And you know it's going to take 10 to 20 years to go do that. Go after the low-hanging fruit. So Right. So why not in the meantime go after target hardening, a law enforcement response to threats, Yeah. access control? Why not go after those while you're doing it? Mm-hmm. And guess what? If you prevent one or two school shootings over the next 10 years when you finally get that gun repeal going, well, guess what? You still save 20, 20 to 40 kids. Yeah. That's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. But no, they don't. none of them do that. No. Why? Why do that? Yeah. Can't fundraise off of that. I can't fundraise off of well, common sense. I can't get I can't get votes <sighs> off that. No. <laughs> but hey, hopefully, uh, hopefully people found this. This topic interesting. We 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 really didn't disagree much on this one, but um, but hopefully, and that's what the purpose is. The purpose of the podcast is we're trying to present the common sense 
solution or common sense thoughts to a lot of issues when we, when we talk about politics. I mean, most times we're boneheads and we talk about stupid stuff because yeah. that's what's fun. Yeah. But when we talk about stuff like this, hopefully the people out there who don't have a voice hear us and think, okay, I'm not alone out there. Yeah. There are people who are rational, who do see things from both sides, you know, who aren't against... Yeah, especially with the with guns and whatnot. They're not against more regulation as far as long guns go. But in the meantime, they want to do some common sense things to, to make the kids actually safer in the meantime. And that's the middle of the road. And that's hopefully when you listen to this podcast, that's what you're hearing from us. You know, because if you don't want to hear this type of talk, I mean, shoot, you can just go on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, or Newsmax. Yeah. And you can get your extreme opinions on either way. Yeah. You know, InfoWars is not off the air. You know what I mean? You can go to InfoWars and get your information from there. It's globalist. Yeah. But, you know, it, while we were talking about conspiracies, though, you know, as we did before, you know, if you do want to protect yourself online, go and use private internet access. Go to the dumbideapodcast.com and go click on that private internet access link to get yourself a VPN. You know, under $2 a month, you're going to get some protection online, keep your credit card information safe, keep your uh, address and your uh, your phone number safe, um, and your browsing history is another one. Keep yourself safe from Google and Apple and all those people who want your information. Um, that's probably a good podcast episode for next week when we talk about uh, uh, internet safety or, uh, or apps that, that want to sell your data and whether you're getting uh, getting the better end of that deal. But anyway, use private internet access under $2 a month. Use our link at dumbideapodcast.com. We are coming up with a new name for the podcast, and we'll change the website eventually. But uh, keep on listening, and we'll talk to you real soon.